Thank you, Kiola. Thank you very much. I want to also express congratulations to the graduates that we saw on the screen earlier and others of you who perhaps did not send in a picture. May God bless you and direct your life. Well, June 27, 2021 marked 40 years of pastoral ministry for my wife Cindy and I here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. And on that day, I began a message called a blast from the past, a blast from the past. I called it that because when I started 40 years ago, I preached a series of messages on love. That's right. I spoke of how, as the pastor of the church, I was eager to see us grow in our love for God, love for Jesus, and I was eager for us to grow in loving people, loving each other. And uh, 40 years later, I continue to be eager to see us grow, grow in love for the Lord and grow in loving people. So this is a blast from the past. Please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Here is a, a brief summary, a brief review of the first truth that I shared in this message just uh, a couple of weeks ago. This first truth came from verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. And uh, the big idea here was very simply, let's remember the supreme importance of love. Let's remember the supreme importance of love. And those first three verses and other verses tell us, communicate to us truths such as love is more important than anything you and I can say, all right? And then we talked about how love is more important than all the incredible knowledge you and I might have. And we focused on how love is more important than having a faith that can result in incredible miracles. And we talked about how love is more important than having even the most generous spirit. And love is the greatest of the greatest. Very simply put, in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, Let love be your highest goal. Now, I want to take you to part two into today's message. And the second truth is this. What are some practical ways of showing love? What are some practical ways? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5, begin to answer that question for us. So let, let's just read verses 4 and 5, which say, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. Wow. Let's pause right, right there. All right. To begin with, verse 4 says, love is patient. The dictionary defines patient as, quote, bearing pains or trials calmly or without 
complaint. How are you and I? How are we in terms of bearing pains, trials, inconveniences, calmly and or without complaint? How are we doing? There was a Christian named Chrysostom. His name was spelt C-H-R-Y-S-O-S-T-O-M. Chrysostom lived uh, from 347 to 407. By the way, sometimes I give you some of these tidbits, a little information, because there are some of you who are really interested in some history. I know most of you aren't, but a lot of you, some of you are, okay? So anyway, Chrysostom lived about 1,600 years ago. And Chrysostom served as the Archbishop of Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul, Turkey. Chrysostom said that the Greek word makrothrumin, which is translated patient, he said it is the word used of a person. Now listen to this. It is... It is uh, the word used of a person who is wronged, mistreated, and who has it easily in his or her power to strike back, to strike back, avenge himself or herself, but will not do it. That's what that Greek word makrothumin means. The Greek word translated patient describes the person who is slow to anger and it is used of God himself in his relationship with you and me. My friends, in our dealings with people, however unkind and hurtful people can sometimes be, you and I must exercise must exercise the same patience as God exercises with us. Amen? Dr. William Barclay says, such patience is not the sign of weakness. L listen to this. Such patience is not the sign of weakness, but it is the sign of strength. It is not defeatism, but rather the only way to victory. Isn't that beautiful? Years ago, a man named Edwin Stanton treated the American president, Abraham Lincoln, with a lot of disrespect. This should not have happened. Stanton called President Abraham Lincoln crazy names, names such as a low, cunning clown. A low cunning clown, or, or he sometimes called him the original gorilla. President Lincoln said nothing. In fact, President Lincoln made Edwin Stanton his war minister during the Civil War of April 12, 1861 to April 9, 1865. He made him his war minister. Why? because he knew he was the best man for the job. And Abraham Lincoln treated Stanton 
with every courtesy possible. The years wore on. Then the terrible night came on April 15, 1865, when President Lincoln was killed by the assassin's bullet. In the little room into which the president's body was taken stood that same Edwin Stanton. Looking down upon Lincoln's silent face, Mr. Stanton, through his tears, said this. He said, There lies the greatest ruler of men the world has ever seen. In the end, love, love which showed patience, had conquered. What or whom will your love and mine conquer through patience? Think about that. Now I want us to know that love is patient does not mean, does not mean you and I should put up with people who do wrong, who sin, who are evil. For example, this past Wednesday, July the 7th, sadly, Haiti's president, Jovenel Moisey, not sure if that's the correct pronunciation, but Haiti's president was assassinated in his own home. Terrible. He was shot 12 times by gunmen who stormed into his house. His wife was also shot and injured as well. She is battling for her life in a Florida hospital. The report says a group of 28 people were involved in the president's assassination. The good news is most of the people involved in killing the president of Haiti have been caught. That's the good news. As of yet, no one knows for sure why Haiti's president was attacked and killed. Now I hope, I hope that the people who were involved in the murder of President Moisey will be severely, severely dealt with by Haiti's courts. Love is patient. Does not mean we, we overlook people's evil and criminal actions, whether it is in Canada, the United States, in Haiti, or whatever other country it might be. Those of you who are hockey fans know that recently the Montreal Canadiens played against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Finals. Anyone a hockey fan here? A few of you in the sanctuary, anyone a hockey fan? Okay. Well, the last time the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup was 28 years ago. And so, and so it would have been a, a great achievement for the Canadians to win the Stanley Cup. It would have been even nicer if the Toronto Maple Leafs would have won, but at least the Canadians are a Canadian team. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Tampa Bay Lightning proved to be the stronger team, and Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup in five games. The Tampa Bay Lightning team certainly deserves to be congratulated for winning the cup two years in a row, which is very difficult to do. 
Now, in order to, to play in the Stanley Cup Finals, the Montreal team had to win the, the semi-finals against the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They beat the Las Vegas team in Game 6 of the semifinals with a score of 3-2 to two on June 24th, which meant that they were then allowed to move into the Stanley Cup Finals against Tampa Bay. Now here's why I told you about the Montreal Canadiens. When they won the series against the Vegas Golden Knights, a group of rowdy, rowdy fans outside the Montreal Bell Center where the game was played, those fans were near a police cruiser and in theory, in theory, in celebration of Montreal Canadiens' victory, they overturned the police cruiser. On the news, I saw one man jumping and smashing the windshield just before the car was rolled over. That, that, that is not a celebration, my friends. That is no, no sort of celebration to me whatsoever. Now, there was a lot of video footage. And so I am hoping, I'm hoping the police have been able to identify and arrest the people who overturned the police car. Now I imagine it will probably cost the city of Montreal $60,000 to $70,000 to replace the police cruiser. Let's suppose, I don't know exactly how many, but let's suppose there were 10 people responsible for overturning the car. If I were the judge, if I were the judge in the courtroom and the 10 vandals appeared before me, you know, I would not, I would, I would not say, hey guys, love is patient. Love is patient. You know, you were just having a good time. Oh, you probably were a little drunk. No, 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 no. I would not say that. I would say, you vandals, your vandalism cost the city of Montreal $70,000. And each of you, all 10 of you, must pay at least $7,000 each to, to replace the police cruiser. Uh, 10 times 7 is 70000 And furthermore, furthermore, I am going to give you the longest prison term the law will allow me to give you. I will. If I were the judge, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Speaking of me serving as, as a judge, by the way, <laughs> a lot of you know that for many years, for many years, my license plate on, on my car was Honor, H-O-N-O-U-R. One day, uh, I, drove, I drove into a plaza and parked. I got out of the car, and another lady parked just about the same time, and she saw my license plate. Uh, she parked beside me, and uh, noticing my license plate, she said, she said, uh, excuse me, sir, I notice, I notice your license plate says honor. Are you a judge? Uh, with a straight face. <laughs> with a straight face, I said to her, oh, no, no, ma'am, no, I'm not a judge, no. No, the, the license plate honor is just to remind my wife 
how I want her to address me. <laughs> she didn't seem to find it so funny as I did. <laughs> My wife doesn't seem to find it funny either here in the sanctuary. Uh, I, I laughed and, you know, I kind of, I kind of, Stop my seriousness, and I, I laughed, and then I told her I was only kidding. <clears throat> I told her my license plate meant honor the Lord, honor the Lord. And then she seemed to feel better about that. Anyway, love is patient does not mean we accept or approve a person's destructive behavior. All right? Love is patient does not mean we overlook or approve a person's hurtful and evil behavior. In early June, early in June, four people were deliberately run down and killed by a 20-year-old uh, hate-filled young man who, ran, who ran, um, ran them down in London, Ontario, ran them down with his pickup truck. Why? Simply because they were Muslims. No excuse for that. You know, their nine-year-old son has been healing up from his injuries. And then, then, if you've been listening to what's been happening in the world, towards the end of June, uh, an evil man with a knife attacked, attacked two innocent, innocent Muslim sisters who were wearing, uh, what's the correct pronunciation, hijabs, right? They were wearing hijabs just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. And one dear lady was left unconscious. Uh, the other lady had the knife put to her throat. It was a hate crime. It was a hate crime against dear Muslim people. And that's just not acceptable. The, the two women, the two women are recovering. But I, I, thought, I thought to myself, how long, how long will it take for those two dear ladies to feel they can walk to the corner store? Right? How long will they be afraid of any man that they see approaching them? Why? Because of the evil of that particular individual. And obviously, we hope that criminal, that particular criminal evil man is caught and arrested. I haven't heard any further update on that, but if you have, let me know. Guess what? If he showed up in my courtroom, I'll be sending him to jail for a long, long time. Love is patient. I am a very patient man. But love does not overlook or approve a person's prejudice, hateful, hurtful, and evil behavior. Amen. Wonderful preaching, Pastor Nick. i got to pat myself on the back, okay? All right, all right. Then, of course, in the month of May, it was discovered uh, there was a mass grave of 215 precious children next to an old boarding school in Kamloops, British Columbia, where thousands of indigenous children had attended over many decades. Then, towards the end of June, 751 unmarked graves were found at a former residential school in Saskatchewan. It has not yet been determined if all the unmarked graves belong to children. Between 1863 and 1998, 
More than 150,000 indigenous children were taken from their families and placed in these schools throughout Canada. My friends, love is patient. Love is patient, but there is no way, no way you and I can accept the physical, emotional, sexual abuse these dear children went through. I've asked myself, how? How could any, how could any principal, vice principal, teacher, or religious leaders mistreat any of these precious indigenous children? How? Now, I don't know the answer, and you don't know the answer either. Will there be any answers in the near future? Only time will tell. To the indigenous people of Canada, we are so sorry. We're so sorry that these tragedies happened. They should not have happened. And hopefully they'll never happen again. Listen. Listen. If you know of a situation where a child, a teenager, an elderly person, a disabled person, an individual of any age is being mistreated physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially. Do everything you can to help that child, teenager, or adult. If it means calling children, children's aid, call them. But don't call children's aid for nonsense stuff. They got enough to do, okay? But if it, means, if it means calling their school principal or teacher, call them. If it means getting the police involved, phone the police. If it means calling Pastor Lisa or me or one of our staff members here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, call us. But don't, don't ever make up stories. At the, at the present time, one of the men in our church and I are involved in, in trying to prevent a dear person from being evicted from their apartments. The person has paid the rent faithfully month by month, and, and as we have reviewed the facts, the only reason this large apartment company is trying to evict this person is so that, they, is so that uh, with the next tenant they could probably nearly double the rent. There are, there are all kinds. There are all kinds of potential abuses, and if you or I can help prevent someone from being abused or from being mistreated, uh, being treated unfairly, do what you and I can. Amen? Amen. Love is patient, but there are limits. Love acts in practical ways to help. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. Why don't you get a drink of water as I get a drink of water? Don't leave your couch. <laughs> okay. All right. Verse 4 goes on to say, Love is kind. Love is kind. Kindness is goodness and courtesy coming from the heart. Isn't that good? Kindness is Goodness and courtesy coming from the heart. Many years ago, a believer by the name of Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N. Cindy, this is for people like you. Okay. <laughs> and Annette, she says. Okay. 
Years ago, Origen said, to be kind is to be sweet to all. To be kind is to be sweet to all. By the way, Origen was a Christian scholar and theologian in, in Alexandria, Egypt. He lived between 185 to 254 A.D. It's okay for you to learn a little history along the way, right? Now, in our Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Wow. Wow. You know, I am often deeply touched when I see people practicing very simple kindness. For instance, not long ago, one of our church ladies who, who lives in Whitby and does not drive needed to get a COVID test. Another one of our church ladies who lives near Highway 401 and Victoria Park, a long ways away, heard about the other lady's need to get a COVID test. She kindly drove. She drove out to Whitby, which could be a 30 to 45 minute drive, depending on traffic, and picked her up to take her to a COVID test. Then she drove her about 45 to 60 minutes to, to a walk-in walk COVID test center near Danforth and Pharmacy in Toronto. After the COVID test, she drove her back to her apartment in Whitby and then drove to her home back in Scarborough. Well, what is that? That is kindness. That's simple kindness. Thank you. Thank you, Edna, for your kindness. Not just once, but many times to people throughout our congregation. Uh, recently, a gentleman in our church needed, needed to go downtown for a very important day surgery. One, one of our other men kindly offered to drive him. He got up very early and drove the patient downtown. Then one of our other men volunteered to pick up the patient several hours after surgery and drove him home. What is that? That's simple kindness. Thank you, Bill and Frederick, for your kindness. 2 Timothy 2.24 says this. Read it with me from your screen. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but, but be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Be patient with difficult people. Notice that verse. That verse says, be kind to everyone. Glenn, put it up again, please. Put it up. Be kind to everyone. Now that includes, that includes telemarketers, people who phone you to ask if they can clean your air ducts in your home 
or sell you something else. Some of you are laughing here. It's not funny. You know, sometimes, sometimes I hear of people tell of how they told that telemarketer off. Then I tell them off. You know, don't do that. No, don't do that. The telemarketer is simply a man or a woman who is trying to make a living to pay their rent or mortgage and to put food on the table for their children. Love is kind. Amen? That's right. Now, 2 Timothy 2.24, the last part also says, be patient with difficult people. Oh, this perhaps is one of the most challenging ones. Be patient with difficult people. You know, having pastored for 40 plus years, the truth is, I have discovered that some of you are difficult people. Huh. Some of you are difficult people. Not many, but some. Don't point fingers, okay? And don't point your finger at me. Cool it. Some of you, some of you are difficult to live with at home. My wife better not say amen. Okay? Some of you, some of you are difficult to deal with at your job. And so when, when you leave a particular job, they throw a party. They throw a party to celebrate that you're gone. And then they pray that the next employee to take your place will be easier to work with. Some of you know I'm not kidding. Some of you, not many, but a few, some of you are difficult people in your church. Not many, but all it takes is a few to be a pain. Some of you are difficult because instead of building people up, you put them down. Instead of noticing all the good things going on in church, you regularly look for things to complain about. You make a mountain out of a molehill. You know, sometimes I, I teach a lesson to our board members. I didn't do it this year, but different years. I've taught a lesson to our board members in which I, I say something like this. I say, all of us walk around with two imaginary buckets. Two imaginary buckets. One bucket carries water, and the other bucket carries what? Carries gasoline. When you come across a problem, I say, I say, you can either use the water bucket or the gasoline bucket to put out the problem or add to the problem. All right? You can either use the water bucket to put out the problem or you can use your gasoline bucket where you, you pour on the gasoline and make the problem worse. A few people sometimes use the gasoline bucket and you make life more difficult for yourself and for others and for pastors, for leaders. And it doesn't have to be that way. I'm talking about various churches. I'm talking about Rosewood Church. I'm talking about viewers. Some of you are part of other churches. All right? 
Now here's a news flash. Here's a news flash. I plan, I plan to pastor and preach for at least another 25 years. A couple of weeks ago, some folks said, Pastor Nick, you should be planning for another 40 years. I said, well, okay, at least 25, however, okay? All right? So I'm planning for at least another 25 years. Newsflash, I am not, I am not going to put up with difficult people to the same extent as I have over the past 40 years. All right? Thank you. That might mean you, Christopher. I am not, I'm not going to let you rob other people or me of the joy of serving the Lord just because, just because you are selfish, self-centered, want your own way all the time, and are pharisaical. Okay? Okay, Pastor Lisa, you heard what I said. But you're not, you're, you're not a difficult person, so it doesn't involve you. <laughs> I thought I better just make that clear, okay? All right. At the same time, I will practice 2 Timothy 2.24 where it says, be patient with difficult people. The Lord's going to keep reminding me of that, all right? Listen, if you are a difficult person at home, at work, at school, in your neighborhood, or at church, okay? Stop being so difficult so others don't have to practice so much patience with you. Amen? Are there some difficult people in your life? Be kind to them. In fact, in fact, I believe this week some of you will show so much kindness that some people might say, listen now, some people might say, what got into you? And you will say, the word of God gripped me. Yes, you'll say the word of God gripped me, which says, love is kind. Love is kind. My friends, beloved, what? Or how? How can you and I be filled with love? Glenn, let's go to point number three. I've got a whole lot more to share, and I'm going to share that whole lot more in another message. How can you and I be filled with love? Well, you know the answer. I gave the answer in part one of this message. The answer is Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. And 1 John 4, verse 7 and 8 declares, Dear friends, let us, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God, and anyone who loves is a child of God and loves God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Love comes from God.
My friends, let us be individuals, let us be families, let us be a, a church family that truly looks to the Lord and says, Lord, fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your love. Jesus said, now we ought to love the Lord our God with all that we are and to love one another. Let us pray. Dear Lord, oh yes, we pray that you would fill, fill our hearts, fill our lives with your Holy Spirit who produces this marvelous love that you want us to live by. Fill our hearts. And Lord, I believe, I believe that that love especially starts to flow from you into us when we repent of our sins, ask you to forgive us of our sins, and believe that Jesus, your Son, died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And we say to you, yes, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life, make me and mold me, transform me, make me into the person you want me to be, and help me to love the way you want me to love, to love in my home, at work, at school, in, in my community, in my church, wherever I am. Yes, Lord, I pray if, some, if some, someone hasn't as yet repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, oh, draw them, draw them to yourself. Draw them to yourself into a personal relationship with you so that truly they can say, can say, yes, I know my sins are forgiven and Jesus is my Savior and my Lord and I, I, I am starting to experience the work of his Spirit in my heart, making me, molding me, filling me with his love. Let it be so, dear God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. If as yet you haven't, you haven't made your personal decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, as the musicians sing, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, wherever you're listening from, radio listeners, radio listeners, wherever you're listening from, Viewers, I want to encourage you to bow your head and pray and say, Dear God, forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins, and I give you my heart and life. Begin to fill my heart, fill my life with your love. Would you do that as the musicians sing? Please do so. Amen. There's a place.